0: All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast News Podcast. It is Friday, November the 9th, 2018, and there is another big game night ahead in the world of SEC basketball Tuesday night. Uh, brought us a lot of interesting results uh, but uh, could be even more on Friday night as there are plenty of games that may on the surface kind of look like games where you feel like the SEC team uh, should take care of business and be okay but some of these matchups are very interesting uh, when you talk about potential mid-major teams that are, are pretty good and Uh, have a chance to win their conference or at least be uh, in the upper tier of their conference. So uh, there are some interesting matchups. And once you dive a little bit deeper into them, you kind of see that it may not be so easy for some of these teams uh, on Friday. We have all the previews for every single game up over at southeasthoops.com. I mentioned on Twitter this morning uh, that I'm kind of working on a new format. Uh, I didn't do the daily predictions post that you guys have come to love uh, throughout the past couple years because i'm just trying to uh, tweak a few things and kind of see what i like about the new format what i don't like uh, but we have previews for every single game over at southeast click on the previews page that's where all the game previews are now uh, for all the games and yes my picks are in each individual game uh, rather than being on one page like they have been in previous years I know some people won't like that. Uh, Some people may enjoy it more as I go way more in depth into each game rather than just doing a couple paragraphs uh, on each game. We go, you know, all out for every single game now. Uh, But there is going to be a way, I think, to kind of implement everything. And you guys will kind of see It's This is what you do every season. You kind of play around with some things. You see what works. You see what doesn't. Uh, So we're just going to try this out uh, for a couple game days, see what we like. Uh, More than likely, the daily predictions post where you can find everything in one spot is still going to be there, uh, but we're just trying to figure out the best way to implement that so that uh, everybody gets enjoyment out of it. Because, uh, again, you guys, uh, I I can't thank you enough for all the support uh, that you give SoutheastTubes.com in the world of STC basketball because we have a lot of fun doing it. And as I mentioned, there's a lot of fun games on the schedule let's run run through some of these may not go as in-depth because we're doing the full-scale previews now uh, which you can find a lot more information on uh, over on the website so you can check out all those individually but let's run through uh, some quick thoughts uh, on all the games for those of you who love podcasts so that's why we do this and uh, let's let's talk about each of these games uh, a little bit and then we start with arkansas and texas Um, the Razorbacks the thing we've mentioned all preseason it's going to be about the inexperience uh, seeing how quickly things come together around Daniel Gafford we know how good he's going to be and and now it's just a matter of who are going to be the guards that that step up and really kind of become those go-to guys in the backcourt because they're going to have to have that Uh, we know people are going to be double teaming Daniel Gafford left and right and this should be Uh, a game that presents some challenges for Arkansas, especially when you think of the backcourt, knowing how Shaka Smart wants to play. He wants to add pressure. uh, He wants to be able to force turnovers and turn that into offense, and that's what Texas is going to try to do in this game, knowing that there is very little experience uh, when it comes to Arkansas's guards, and it would not surprise me uh, if that is the absolute difference in this game because uh, you're going to have to be able to take care of the ball, and I think for Arkansas – You just want to see uh, how they're able to score if, you know, Daniel Gafford, let's say, gets in foul trouble or if uh, he's double-teamed so much that he just can't find many open looks. And you look on the other side, a guy like Jackson Hayes, a 6'11 freshman, had a really strong debut, scored 12 points, had four rebounds, two blocks, and 20 minutes in that first game against Eastern Illinois. Uh, So he's someone that size-wise will at least be able uh, to affect things uh, on both ends of the floor. So that's worth watching. Um, I think Texas probably, uh, this is the kind of team that Shaka Smart's been wanting. They have a lot of uh, pieces that that kind of fit what he wants to do. Uh, So that's why you see Texas kind of as the favorite right now. This could, uh, just seeing how much things come together for Arkansas there in the backcourt, this could still be uh, a really close game. And I think you're going to see one of those uh, very competitive matchups there at Fort Bliss in El Paso. Kentucky returns to the court after the Duke game, which, uh, as we know, was one of the most surprising results I've seen in college basketball in a little while. Um, You know, maybe aside from UNBC upsetting Virginia, uh, just the way that Duke won that game. I think that's the biggest thing people look at, and you you just you wonder how Kentucky's going to respond. And I think that's going to tell us a whole lot about this team. How they come out? Are they going to look like a team that's on a mission to try to put? that embarrassing loss behind them. Uh, That's going to tell us everything because this isn't a game, and I said it earlier, this is not a game where Kentucky's going to just be able to step on the floor and let their talent take over, uh, and they're going to be able to sleepwalk to a 20-point win. That's not going to happen because Southern Illinois uh, has a lot of players returning. This is an experienced team, uh, and I think they're going to embrace that challenge of going into Rupp Arena having a chance to really come in and and, you know really do something special because they return all their starters they won 20 games last year Uh, Southern Illinois is not a bad basketball team and that's why you want to see Kentucky have that mentality be the aggressor in this game because if they don't and they let a team like Southern Illinois hang around that does have all that experience have some veteran uh, leadership on that roster things could be interesting and so Uh, it's going to have to be other people as well. Can't just be Kelton Johnson. Can't just be Reed Travis. You want to see other guys step up for Kentucky and kind of have that uh, aggressive mindset going into this game and maybe not be passive and be able to play better on defense uh, because that's what's going to come down to. Kentucky's got to play better defense. I know Duke has a lot of talent and probably the most talented team in the country, but you've got to play defense and you've got to be able to do it on every single possession if you want to get to a national championship uh, so we'll see how Kentucky does there. going to be a closer game I think that people think uh, just because uh, again you look at Southern Illinois this is a team that, that really could be right up there when we're talking about uh, the Missouri Valley title race so this is not a bad team at all uh, they're going up against the Wildcats. Missouri and Iowa State, uh, That's a it's a fascinating game because we kind of know what the situation is on both sides. Missouri's without Jonte Porter for the season. Uh, Iowa State's dealing with a lot of sort of situations themselves where they are not at full strength. They've got a lot of players that are out and i think iowa state i mentioned it in the preview i think they're kind of being undervalued in the big 12 going into the season i think they're going to be a lot better than people think you kind of have to throw out what happened last year this is a team that's much improved but it could be a little while before we see everybody kind of together at full strength this is a team that can hang with a lot of really good teams around the country Um, And I think in this game, there's just a lot of unknowns. There's unknowns on both sides because we don't know exactly what to take away from Missouri's opening night win there against Central Arkansas. What do we kind of gather from that? I said, you know, Mark Smith's performance was certainly great when you talk about a guy uh, who who had a double-double and he made three pointers and he just added the kind of things we knew that that Missouri was going to need in a season like this where they didn't have a lot of experience uh, at guard And so having him on the floor helps Jeremiah Tillman is going to be probably the most important play on the floor here because he's got to kind of impose his will inside because he's going to have opportunities to do it. Like we mentioned with Iowa State missing some key players, uh, some of their bigger guys. And so that's going to be an opportunity to really take advantage of that. And Kevin Purrier didn't really have a great scoring night the other night, uh, but I think he's got to be able to have that in this game if Missouri wants to win. Because it's always a tough place to play. You play in Ames, you know what you're going to get. Uh, it's going to be a difficult challenge, and it's th- this is a game that's probably one of the harder ones to predict on the night. And I mentioned that in the written preview uh, because I could see Missouri going in there and, and kind of winning that game, knowing that Iowa State's still kind of, you know, trying to figure some things out because they don't have everyone in the, on the in the lineup right now. And they're still talented enough, though, with Lindell Wigginson in there uh, and the other guys around him. Mariel Shayok uh, got off to a good start, the Virginia transfer. So th- this is a game that I think you're going to really want to watch because this go- this will be one of the closer games of the night probably. Um, but you don't really still know what to expect for- from either team, and I think that makes for uh, one of the more you know intriguing matchups that we've had so th- thus far in this season. So, Next up, uh, Georgia and Savannah State. I watched the Texas A&M-Savannah State game the other night from start to finish, and you talk about a three-point lover's dream uh, when you watch Savannah State play basketball because uh, what they do on offense is just unlike anything else we see because you think back to teams like VMI uh, when they were running the similar thing where they're just going up and down the floor. That was several years ago, many years ago now, Uh, but – Savannah State, we know their style. They are going to get up and down the floor. First guy who was open is going to shoot the ball. Probably going to be a three pointer. They shot 54 threes in that game against Texas A and uh, M. The only they made seventeen of those, and so you know, an average possession length that's usually anywhere from ten to twelve seconds. Uh, that's just kind of wild, but that's how they play. And Georgia's is a team that's going to play faster this year under Tom Green. They want to get up and down the floor now. Uh, but I think one thing if you're Georgia you want to make sure you're doing is taking good shots not necessarily just the open shot that's what Savannah State's going to do but if you're Georgia you have to take the good shot because Georgia was not a great three-point shooting team last year and matter of fact one of the worst in the country Um, they just could never find that consistency from long range and now you've pretty much got the same players back uh, we know Mayton's not there, but he wasn't really a three-point shooter. Now you got everybody, these other guys back, like Tyree Crump, Turtle Jackson, the other guys as well. So I don't think Georgia can make this a three-point shooting contest because with Savannah State, you never really know. This is a team that you can never really count out. Look at that game against Texas A&M. They lost by 15, but there were times where they where we had a chance to really get it closer. Texas A&M could never really push the lead out too far Because the Tigers would just come down and hit a three, and that's kind of that equalizer to where if you're Georgia, you can't afford to kind of let a team like this hang around and hang around and hang around because they could score nine points, you know, in a a matter of 30 seconds because of how quickly they shoot and that ability. If they get hot, then they're able to really, you know, make things difficult. So. Uh, this this is a game that, that's going to be fun just because of knowing that, that we're going to see everybody get up and down the floor. Georgia should take care of business. Uh, but like I said, you, you can't really afford to let your foot off the gas against this kind of team uh, knowing how many three-pointers they're going to put up, and they are not hesitant at all. It's going to go up, and it's going to go up in a hurry. Uh, so Georgia needs to kind of come out, uh, be a team that that kind of is n- not letting them hang around. They, they can't do that because you never know what can happen in those situations. You could find yourself uh, in an upset spot if you let things hang around too far uh, late in the game. So South Carolina and Stony Brook, uh, the Gamecocks, going back to what I said after the last game, they did not shoot the ball well. There are still obvious concerns when you think about how they shoot the ball and really all aspects. And I th- that's kind of what we're going to continue to talk about with the South Carolina team as the season progresses. They've got to be able to be more consistent because teams are going to make them shoot. They're not going to just let Chris Silva do what he wants uh, in the in the lane. They're going to make South Carolina beat them from the perimeter, make them shoot jump shots because that is a weakness and it's a weakness that continues. Uh, e- even though we're only you know for them two games in, when you have the regular season game, you had the exhibition game, uh, but both were were trends. I mean, they didn't make a three pointer the other night against usc upstate they went 0 for 18 and that's something that you're gonna have to be able to make shots from outside because there are going to be teams that maybe can't match up with them necessarily from a size standpoint sometimes when you think about silva and coats are in there may play some zone and so south carolina's gonna have to make shots from outside uh, if they're going to want to be a team that rises up the sec standings this year kishon bryant uh, he had a really good start, 21 points on eight of 12 shooting in that opening game. I, if Frank Martin can get that from him, that gives them another weapon. Uh, Justin and I, I've talked about as a breakout candidate. South Carolina's got options, but they've just got to find that consistency. Uh, Stony Brook, not a bad team. They, they've got some good pieces on that roster. Uh, you know, I think you you look at the Sea that they've got. A team where they're going to come in, they're going to be confident. I mean, they had a great comeback win uh, when they beat George Washington the other night. So th- they were down 22 nothing in that game. So this isn't a team that's really going to back down, I think, from this challenge. They're going to come in with a lot of confidence. And so for South Carolina, they've got to make sure uh, they're playing their usual uh, tough defense, but they, they got to hit shots too. And that's uh, something that, that you want to see improve, and maybe we will get that uh, in this particular game. Mississippi State uh, will open up its season. Uh, They're finally in action. They didn't play the other night. Uh, They'll do it against Austin Peay, who is coached by a former SEC assistant, and, of course, Matt Figger, who was Frank Martin's uh, assistant there at South Carolina. But Mississippi State is a team uh, that just continues to grow on me. Uh, I look at this team. There's just so much to like. They have the size. They have the athleticism. They have the the backcourt playmakers when you look around at Quindary Weatherspoon, Nick Weatherspoon, Lamar Peters. Um, and then you look at what all these guys they have inside. Eric Coleman, uh, and the list goes on and on. Abdul Addu, their freshman class, is very talented. Mississippi State is just – I keep looking at this team, and we've kind of looked at, at LSU and Mississippi State as those two teams that are really going to break out this year. And, and there's just, again – i'm not saying they're going to win the sec but this is a team that once they get to march it's going to be hard to match up against this kind of team Uh, but just like with south carolina you want to see mississippi state be able to improve their shooting from the perimeter Uh, they were 329th in the country last year in three-point shooting they only shot 31.5 percent so it's another thing where size-wise they're going to be able to match up with anybody in the country. So for teams that want to force them to shoot the ball, uh, Mississippi State's got to be able to prove that it can hit hit shots from outside. And they're going to get plenty of opportunities because they're going to go into some of these games in the non-conference slate where teams just simply cannot match their size. And a lot of SEC teams probably won't be able to match it either uh, just because of, again, all that athleticism and this, these long 6'10 guys that can just – do so many things well uh but in this particular game i like i like austin p i think they're a team we saw them really come on in the ovc last year Uh, they're gonna have a chance to be right there again i mean matt figures a really good coach we know that defensive style he's gonna implement uh, being with frank martin for all the years that he was Uh, they've got a, a really good core terry taylor a really good sophomore was was fantastic last year as a freshman um and he's just going to be someone that, that's really exciting to watch in this game. Uh, he's going to have to be someone that does a lot because they're going to need it against this really deep Mississippi State team. But I, I look for Mississippi State to come out and really kind of be on a mission because they, they've they got all the tools. Ben hallen has got all the weapons he needs. Uh, so Mississippi State's kind of going to be, to me, uh, really one of those teams where you look at the schedule each night, they're going to be worth watching because they they just have a chance to be that good, I think. Next up, uh, Florida returns to the floor against Charleston Southern, speaking of teams that need to kind of show uh, how they respond to a really bad loss, and that's the Gators, who they lost 81-60 to to Florida State the other night, a rivalry game, and as I mentioned you know, in the notebook piece I did the day after, it's a game that really never felt that close. Florida just could never find the rhythm and they could never just kind of get things going on both sides of the court, on offense or defense. They seem to step slow on defense, maybe rotating, uh, finding guys, and it's just. But but maybe that was to be expected. We we've mentioned that a lot with this Florida team. I thought going into the season, by season's end, I think they're going to be pretty good, and I think they're going to be a team that you're probably not going to want to play. Even uh, though know, they do have a brutal February slate, which we've talked about before, you go look at their schedule in SEC play in February. It is absolutely brutal. Um, but I just—they—they they have the, the the weapons on the roster. They—they they have a chance with all these young guys: Andrew Nimhard, uh Keontae Johnson, and those guys. We're seeing Chase Johnson, Isaiah Stokes. They got to play. It's going to take these guys a little time, though, for everything to kind of come together, chemistry-wise. Without Chris Chioza, we really saw it the other night. I mean, a guy like that is just kind of a such an, a valuable asset that he's really hard to replace. And, and there's a lot of intangibles that, that Florida's going to have to replace for, from him. And so that that's going to give them kind of an opportunity to, to sort of maybe not look great at times in this non-conference slate, which we saw the other night against Florida State. Uh, there's going to be some games where maybe it's not all there. Uh, but it needs to be in this kind of game against Charleston Southern. Florida's just got to prove that they can they can do things offensively when the three point shots not falling. They only made six of twenty four in that Florida State game. Shot thirty seven percent from the floor overall. Uh, they've got to be aggressive. That's the one thing I keep mentioning. They have to be aggressive on both sides of the floor. They've got to be more physical. Uh, and maybe you know maybe it's just not their nature. But even if it's not, they've got to start doing that because that's going to be what helps them when the three-point shot's not falling? I also mentioned Kayvon Allen did not score the other night. That's not going to be able to happen either. If the Gators want to be a top-tier SEC team, they've got to have production from Kayvon Allen. There can't be nights where he doesn't score. That's just it's They're not going to win. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It's just they're, they're probably not going to win. Uh, he's got to be effective as a senior now, uh, knowing what you're going to get from Jalen Hudson. Uh, you know, And that's just kind of the thing, that they've got to have more consistency and I think that's something that that we're really going to look at in this game. Uh, Charleston Southern played, you know, I think they played Columbia International, something like that, uh, in their first game. They took 42 three-point shots, so that's uh, definitely something worth watching here. If they're knocking down shots, uh, Florida's got to find a way to kind of keep things rolling along, and uh, I think Florida's like a 21, 22-point favorite, something like that i don't know like i think until we know kind of what the gators how they're going to respond to a game like that uh i think charleston southern could maybe if they're hitting shots they can make this more interesting than people think uh but you hope to see florida kind of come out and really kind of have something to prove after the the way they played the other night lsu and unc greensboro uh, another game that could maybe be closer than the experts think uh lsu I've talked about their talent. This team is so talented. They they've got all these newcomers. And, and just looking at the way they played the other night, uh Nas Reed was uh you just saw him play. If you watch that game, you know, he had 17 points, he had six rebounds, he played 21 minutes, but you have to look beyond the stat sheet for the guy like that. You just see just the makeup of him physically and what he's gonna be able to do to opponents. Such a strong guy, he can handle the ball, he's a good passer for his size um it's just one of those guys that's going to just mesh so well in will Wade's system and then tremont waters as we know an sec player of the year candidate i was laughing the other night i mean they they had six players scoring double figures against southeastern louisiana and he wasn't one of them so that just kind of shows you where lsu's at right now Uh, they've got a lot of options to work with and uh, they're going to need them in this type of game because unc greensboro They've got a lot of kind of experience. I mean, they've got so many guys coming back. They're really good defensively. Uh, they were also good on the offensive glass. I think I've, I looked at it. They were 35th nationally in offensive rebounding percentage last season. Uh, they had 19 offensive rebounds against North Carolina A&T the other night. Uh, so it's going to come down to sort of that. I think LSU's got a Uh, really have that mindset on the glass to to not allow that because you don't want to give a team second chance opportunities as we know and you really don't want to give a team second chance opportunities uh that's it's skilled as this unc greensboro team is and i think they they really do have an opportunity here to make this game uh a lot closer than people think because they they had their you know such a great season last year and being able to kind of have that that defense so many players back from a team that won 27 games um, they're, they're going to be ready and they played at nc state last year had a big comeback won that game so they're they're not going to shy away from a power conference environment and this could still be another game that you don't want to look at if you're lsu and just feel like you're going to be able to walk on the floor and win uh, it's not going to be that easy because uh, you've got a really good coach team here you got a team that commits on defense uh so this may be another one of those games you know we're always hesitant early in the season guys because you really you have to really look at games uh you know as the season progresses and you learn more about teams as you see them play there's there's just a lot of unknowns this early in the season when you have some of these mid-major teams uh they kind of have something to prove this is their shot because once they get into conference play they're not gonna nobody's gonna really be paying a lot of attention because they're not gonna be going up against some of these teams so they're they're able to get up uh, for these types of games and if UNC Greensboro comes in, uh, they're gonna be you know have upset on the mind and so uh, LSU's got to be ready to play in this one. Another team uh, that will be worth watching on Friday night that's number six Tennessee as they host Louisiana. I just like the way the vols played in their win over Lenore Ryan. We, we always say you can only take so much away from those types of games against lower tier, maybe division two opponents. Uh, but the Tennessee just didn't – they didn't look like a team that came out and just said, you know, we're more talented. We're just going to let it take care of itself, and, you know, we'll cruise to a 20-point win. They didn't do that. They came out with the mindset that they wanted to keep clicking in all phases, and you kind of saw that. Played a little bit sloppy in the first half, but they came out in the second half and really just – I mean, they held Lenore Ryan to five points in 15 minutes. Now, I don't care who you're playing. That's not easy to do. Um and so I, that just kind of showed you what their mindset is right now, and you're not surprised by that because when you have you're led by you know aggressive, tough-minded guys like Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, that's what you expect from Tennessee, and you're going to see that same type of approach I think in this game against Louisiana, uh, who has some you know has some players that, that can present some challenges. But I, I just I look at this game as a whole, and, and and I really have to look at Tennessee because knowing their mindset, that toughness is what has gotten them to this point. And I think it's going to be something that's able to carry them through this game. Uh, I think Lamonte Turner, who you know, I don't. I think he's questionable to play in this game. That could be something that that plays a factor, of course, knowing what he brings to the table. Uh, but I just love to the way Tennessee's playing, and I think the Vols are going to be in good shape right now uh, as they continue to kind of march towards higher expectations. Uh, they they have a goal in mind. They think they can win the national championship. Uh, and, and it just I'd be surprised if you see this team kind of have any of those letdowns right now because I just think they're that good so a couple more games on the schedule Texas A&M hosting UC Irvine I mentioned earlier and watched Texas A&M's game against Savannah State and I don't know how much you can kind of look at a game like that and get a good feel for a team just because of the way Savannah State plays I don't know what you can really take away from it because you're going to kind of see a completely different style in this game UC Irvine more methodical, kind of cerebral, in how they approach things on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, so I don't really know what to expect from Texas, Texas a and I just I think it's still a team that's in transition in terms of figuring out how they want to play. And how all the pieces are going to fit together. Admon Gilder didn't play the other night. Uh, Wendell Mitchell didn't play the other night. I think they're both. I don't. I haven't seen anything thus far as of this recording whether they're going to play tonight or not. Uh, if they do, that's certainly a big boost for the Aggies. If they don't, I, I, I'm telling you, UC Irvine is a team that is not going to uh, sort of beat themselves. I think UC Irvine is a very Uh, talented team and they return a lot of players from last year they're one of the most experienced teams in the country they have that built-in chemistry that we talk about how maybe it can take a while for some teams to kind of find that chemistry this is a team that already has it Uh, they've been putting it together for a while and I think A&M really needs to be on upset alert here because knowing Russell Turner and what he likes to do how he likes to exploit certain matchups um you see has got a real shot in this thing i think and if you look at the preview i did i have it as a two-point game because i just it's going to be really close uh, i would be surprised if we have a blowout either way the, the entire game i just this feels like a really close game uh knowing the type of styles still not knowing exactly what you're going to get from texas a&m and knowing that texas a&m is going to see something completely different in this game than they saw against savannah state so how do you adjust to that uh and still having a lot of unknowns this could be one of the closer games of the night uh so if i'm someone out there wanting to watch a good basketball game i think it could be pretty good uh, because you don't want to sleep on uh, the big west squad there in uc irvine because they've got a chance to, to be pretty good this year and i would not be shocked at all if they come in and find a way to pull off the upset there in college station the final game uh, of the evening, uh, the main event, it's uh, probably going to be the, the most-watched game of the group, and that is a Top 25 Showdown at Auburn Arena. Number 11, Auburn. Number 25, Washington. Um, this should be every bit as good as advertised because I look at both of these teams, and they are they're just kind of teams that, that can give you fits. Uh, you look at how Auburn shoots the ball they knocked down so many threes the other night. What was it, 18 three-pointers they made the other night on 38 attempts against South Alabama? Um, you know, Washington, just with that 2-3 zone and how they play, uh, they're going to give people problems. You know, they, they pulled away from Western Kentucky the other night. We've kind of talked about Western Kentucky a little bit this offseason. Uh, Western Kentucky is a really good basketball team. They're going to have a chance to win Conference USA. Uh, but Washington kind of pulled away and really used their home court advantage, used their talent. Uh, they've got a lot of athletic players that can really fit into that 2-3 scheme very well, knowing Mike Hopkins and kind of what he's going to try to do there with that zone that, that of course, uh, he had a lot of familiarity with when he was at Syracuse under Jim Beheim. I look at this game, I like Washington as a team. I think that they have a chance to, you know, be right there at the top of the Pac-12 this year. But Auburn's ability to shoot the ball the way they can shoot it, if they can just find those right spots in the zone, uh, if they can get out in transition, get the looks that we expect them to get when you have Jared Harper pushing things on the break, when you have Bryce Brown spotting up, uh, Chumo Kiki was very good in the opener. Uh, he just kind of showcased why he can be that breakout player nationally. Uh, that that kid has all the potential in the world. Uh, so I, I lean towards Auburn in this game, and I-, I mentioned why in the written stuff on the website, but... I just think Auburn at home and knowing the way they shoot the ball, rebounding is going to be important uh, because I think it's something where Auburn's going to be able to uh, kind of attack the offensive glass and have a chance to, to kind of find those second-chance opportunities. If they can get those extra looks, uh, Auburn's probably going to shoot the ball well enough to, to win this game. So I like Auburn. I just think that this is a very good team. Uh, this is one where they're gonna be ready. they're gonna be prepared. Uh, the rowdy environment, uh, Washington traveling across the country, both teams are really good. Uh, but I just with the way Auburn shoots the ball, it's hard to pick against them sometimes and especially in a home environment, uh, they just shoot the ball so well. Um, and it's just one where you're going against a team like this. This, to me, just feels like a good matchup. Still probably going to be a really good game, Uh, probably going to be close from start to finish, Uh, but I think you have to give the edge to Auburn right now, knowing what we know uh, about both teams and and kind of what their strengths are at this point. All right, that'll wrap up uh, the preview of uh, the games for Friday night, and uh, it will be a good night of basketball for for a lot of these teams because you're going to get tested. We mentioned earlier some of these teams are really going to face some tests, uh, you know, tell us a lot more about where they are at this point in the season but like i mentioned earlier if you want more in-depth stuff uh, you want more stats and actual game predictions with scores and all that head over to southeast you can just click on the previews page you'll see all the previews for the november 9th games uh, and all the other stuff we have going up over there as well there's plenty to get you ready uh, not only for these games but uh, for the entire season you can go back through read some of our preseason material that still applies uh, now with uh, kind of showing you how teams want to play what coaches Uh, are thinking as they head into the season so a lot of great stuff over there be sure you head over there and check that out and be sure you subscribe to the podcast go over to itunes search for southeast hoops that way you don't miss any of these and uh, we'll have some interviews coming up as well Uh, lots of great stuff uh, on the way over on the website and on the podcast so thanks as always for listening and i will talk to you guys next time